the Open Source Creative Podcast, episode 35. No, but, but seriously, this is the Open Source Creative Podcast, a podcast where I ramble on about creativity, process, and open source software during my work commute. I'm Jason Van Gumster, your host and driver. Hey, everyone. This week's episode is a short one. Basically, I, I talk about my goofy little April Fool's joke I did. Did, did you like it? And I, I use that to spur a, a slightly larger discussion on the nature of competition in the realm of open source software and how that relates to our closed source compatriots, I'll say, instead of competitors. But all, all in all, the, the joke video and podcast episode were, were really well received and got way more exposure than any of this show's more, more serious episodes, but I, I suppose that's the nature of things. But humor, humorously enough, the biggest detracting comments were questions along the lines of, well, why would you do that? Kind of a, a blatant indicator that those people never actually read or listened or watched the whole explanation of things. They just commented based on the graphic and the headline, and, and that was it. That said, if you happen to be a new listener but that came by way of my, my goofy little April Fool's joke, hi there. Welcome to the podcast. And let's just get to it. Oh, we're going to toast marshmallows, are we? Could be. start with just laughing maniacally. Does that work? Nah, probably not. <laughs> hey, folks. So did you guys catch my bonus episode? Yeah. In case you haven't figured it out, that, that was indeed a little bit of an April Fool's joke. It was a lot of bit of an April, April Fool's joke. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And, and I... I I want to spend this episode talking a little bit about it because it, I do believe that it, it opens up a couple sort of larger topics worth worth considering, worth worth talking about. So, jokes aside, let's 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 talk about it a bit. First, the 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 actual mechanics of. In case you didn't listen to the previous episode or see the video that I did for it, uh, it's it's the notion is that we we always have April Fool's jokes of of Adobe buys or Autodesk buys Blender and with the intent to close source it or, or scuttle it or, or do whatever with it, right? And um, I, at the Blender conference last year, I, I, I stumbled across the, the notion of sort of a, a man bites dog kind of thing where, you know, what, what, what if we did it the other way around? I mean, it's not impossible to consider since a lot of these large companies like Autodesk are, are publicly traded. So their means of getting a say-so is is by purchasing shares. Now, the difference is that one share doesn't get you a whole lot. So you have, in order to have any sort of say with the company and what it does, you have to have a large number of sale, shares. And that's where it becomes exorbitant and, and ridiculous, where, where the company like Autodesk, which has 18, $18 $19 billion of market capitalization, just getting getting 1% of a say is, is you know hundreds of millions of dollars. And that's that's ridiculous, but that's that's also the, the nature of things. But I think there are two things worth considering in this. And one 
is that it's not entirely an outlandish idea. I actually, I had set up a legitimate Kickstarter campaign to be a, an actual legitimate one-day crowdfunding campaign. And uh, I, I would have loved to have seen actual donations make it to it. And, and the reason why I chose Kickstarter, of course, is that Kickstarter has an all-or-nothing sort of thing. If you meet the goal, you get all the money. But if you don't meet the goal, you get none of it, and, which was perfect for a... Uh, a, a April Fool's kind of kind of thing. If I actually wanted to follow through with it, then the proper course of action would be to use something like Indiegogo or Crowd Supply or GoFundMe or something along those lines. And like the idea is out there, so I mean it's it's not it's not like somebody couldn't actually do this and and do a crowdfunding campaign with the explicit purpose of raising money to 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 buy shares in what is ostensibly a competitor in the open source world or to, to an open source tool. And there's a couple things worth, 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 I think, having a conversation about there. One, let, let's start with a notion of competitor, right? At least in the, turn, in, in, in the realm of open source, you don't have competitors in the same sense that you do in closed source software. In closed source software, you have a finite pool of customers that you can that you can approach and sell your product to and because of the rate at which you sell it the the, the likelihood is that they will buy one person's product or one company's product over another company's product and not many people will purchase or companies will purchase multiple products that do the same thing in the open source world we don't have that problem hell i edited that video in Caden Live, but Caden Live started crashing on me, so I, I, I cycled through and I, I tried Flowblade, I tried OpenShot, I tried Shotcut, uh, I even went back to, to good old Cinelera, and of course I, I tried editing in, in editing editing I tried editing it in Blender, and that that worked fine, but I I, I wanted to test out some of the other open open source editors because I haven't played with the other NLEs in a long time, so I wanted to test them out, and every one of them had part of what I needed them to have. And Kaden Live performed the best, even though it it did tend to crash on me. Um, so that's what I finally cut that in. But the point of the being is that the point I'm saying there is that there's 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 not the, the competition there is more of a you don't have the people who are making these programs aren't doing it for a finite number of users. Like I said, I went through and I used all of them and I used the one that suited me best for 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 what I needed to get done. And it's not so much a competition thing. I'll go back for certain things that I'll use Shotcut for. And I already know that there's another project that I would use Flowblade for and those sort of things. So it's, it's not out of the question to, to have multiple NLEs that, that do different things on your, uh, on your computer when you're dealing with open source creative tool. So the notion that if we were to extend that to, to this idea of, of purchasing Autodesk or Adobe stock, on the face of it, you're buying stock in your competitor and, and potentially providing them with, with the funds to outperform your tool, right? And there's a good, there's a very good argument that, that, that those funds might be better spent just making that tool better, right? This, to use the joke of my April Fool's joke, that $200 million, if you raise $200 million, why not use that money to develop Blender better than to try to inf try to fight to influence Autodesk to do something that it's never shown any gumption, any not gumption, any 
any desire to do in the past, right? There's, there's, there's a social good there, arguably, but it doesn't make a lot of sense and it doesn't benefit Blender that much uh, other than maybe some interoperability sort of things and, and that sort of stuff. So there is that argument. But there's also the, the notion of, of trying to promote that interoperability. There's the notion of trying to get the understanding that, that open source tools and closed source tools are not necessarily in competition with one another. You can, especially open source tools, open source tool, the closed source tools may think that they're, they're, they're in competition with open source tools, but open source tools don't, their goal isn't necessarily to compete with any particular product. And they just, it's just to be good at what they do. And so it's not, if they compete, it's a competition on quality, not a competition on, on market penetration, right? That's, that's, that's something a business worries about. That's not something so much that a group of software developers, hackers, or even a foundation that supports that software, it's not really what they're overly concerned with. It's mostly, and at least in my, my estimation, it should be about satisfying the people who are actually using it. So yeah, the, the, the notion of competitor, and I'm sort of conflating the three things I wanted to talk about, which was, one was the notion of, of what it means to be competitive or, or a competitor in, in this ecosystem where you're cross-pollinating between open source and closed source software, but also the, the, the notion of, of, of investing in a competitor. And the, the third part being what the benefit of taking such a ridiculous action might be. Because again, the idea is out there. Someone can try it, right? So if, if, if somebody were crazy enough to try this, then yeah, you, you wouldn't necessarily want to use Kickstarter. One, because it's against Kickstarter's rules. That's that's ultimately why my Kickstarter campaign got declined. It's because it it's really a violation of like two or three of their different rules. One of them being you have to raise money for a physical product. Well, I wasn't raising money for a physical product. I was raising money to buy stock. So that's not that's a violation of their rules. And the other thing in Kickstarter is that you're, you know, you're not supposed to raise money for a charity. Well, this it's not technically for a charity. It's raising money to buy stock on behalf of a community. It, it's it's not a business decision for sure, but it's definitely not. But it's it's charity-ish, which would make it a violation of Kickstarter's terms. And the other one was that it you're not supposed to raise money or or raise money for equity in anything well that obviously if you're buying stocks you're 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 buying equity which means that that too is a violation of kickstarter's rules and i'm pretty sure that maybe there's a a, at least in the u.s there's an ftc violation a federal uh, trade commission violation and there i'm sure that that's floating around in there as well so for a lot of a lot of different and probably legitimate reasons kickstarter did not approve of my my campaign application regardless of how funny it would have been. So to do to actually pull it off, you would have to use one of these uh, other other systems that do allow those kinds of fundraising uh, efforts to happen. But yeah, I think if they, I think as, as funny as it would be and as sort of overwhel generally positive of a thing it would be, I'm not entirely convinced that that would be the best way to spend money. Now, if Autodesk offered dividends <laughs> on their stock, then you could actually use your investment in a closed source company to 
fund the development of open source, which would be kind of funny and ironic, but last I checked, Autodesk doesn't offer dividends, and I don't think Adobe does or any of the other real uh, publicly traded open source companies. I don't think any of them actually uh, offer dividends, so that, unless you're, like, regularly buying and selling the stock, like a like a day trader sort of thing, uh, you're, you're not standing to actually make money on, on such an investment. Or make money on, on I don't want to say an investment at that point, make money on purchasing that stock, because one, it'll fluctuate, and two, you're not going to get dividends just for holding it, so you have to you have to buy it and sell it and play that game, and nobody who's, who's developing open source, I think, is really interested in doing that. Now, if you want to do that on behalf, and then take any proceeds that you make and donate it to an open source uh, development fund of some sort, I say go for it, especially if you're doing that with your own cash. If you're doing that with other people's money, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so... That's the that's the the, the sort of play and the, and the trade-off there is that if you were interested in influencing the business decisions of a large corporation, large closed-source proprietary software company, that would be the way you'd have to go about doing it. And that was sort of the, the main point that I was I was making. There was a serious point to be made from 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 the joke is that yeah, there's an avenue by which you can you can actually have a proactive influence on a closed source application, but the barrier to entry for that is way higher than the barrier to entry, we, barrier to entry that we enjoy in the open source community. And, and it's, it's really worth, at the very least, reminding ourselves of that. So I'm actually on a short commute today. So this is a, a short episode, but that, that, that's, that's the real point, the serious point that I was, I was hoping to start a conversation about is that, that we, we really don't want to take for granted the, the, the benefits that we have in the open source community, and, and we should never really forget that. And remember that the next time that we uh, are using, using our program and, and, and feel like we have no, no say in what it does or feel like we have no recourse or, or those sort of things because in, in open source software we, we always have a recourse at the, at the worst case we, we have the source code that we can do something with on our own but the best case you know you can hop on IRC and talk directly to a developer and oftentimes they're very friendly people and they're willing to hear what you have to say so that's all I have to say it's time to get to work there you go a little backstory for the fun little video and bonus episode I made for April 1st. It's also the reason I registered avoid the internet dot today over a year ago. The internet becomes a beautiful den of lies every year at the same time, and uh, that site does help you know whether or not you're safe. Good. Of course, the humorous thing is when folks stumble across these April Fool's stories in October and don't check the posting date, then we can all get a good chuckle when we, uh, we see them all get all bent out of shape for no good reason. Anyhow, if there's something I say that strikes a chord, you can make a comment on this episode on opensourcecreative.org, or you can track me down. I'm Jason Van Gumster. I'm on your favorite social media site as Monster Java Guns. You can also follow this podcast. Just look for OSS Creative. It's on Twitter and Facebook. And then you can tell me what you think there. 
I also have an email newsletter. It's a plain text light traffic thing that goes out about once a month where you can get an easy in on any, knowing, thing, any, on knowing anything that I'm up to. Just uh, subscribe to that on my personal website on monsterjavaguns.com. All right. Uh, it's time for you to get to work. See you next week. Thank you.